Let's talk about Senator Bernie Sanders, and who wrote a book, which means he's a fake socialist. All right, let's talk about the book. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. Why did you think now was the time for this message? And why okay? It seems like you, you feel that there's a degree of resistance to the idea of any criticism of the yeah, Golden Goose. Look, Tony, this country faces enormous crises. And it's important that we have a serious discussion about those crises. Economically, what's going on in America? Simple reality. is the people on top, the billionaire class are doing phenomenally well. Meanwhile, the middle class continues to shrink. And in the richest country in the history of the world, today, over 60% of the American people are living paycheck to paycheck. Virtually every city in this country has a major housing crisis. We are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people as a human right. We spend twice as much per capita. Meanwhile, drug companies making billions, the insurance companies making Billions, the gap between the rich and everybody else growing wider. Do you think, does anybody yeah. think, America, three people are more wealth than the bottom half of American mm. society? Anyone think that's appropriate? Let's talk about it. What do we do about it? And, Senator, and you're, you're saying that the system is working the way it's intended to work. Exactly. It's working great for the billionaire class. No doubt about it. Now, you introduced a bill last week with Senator Warren um, that would not only extend Social Security but increase benefits. Right. Now, do you believe that by taxing wealthier Americans that you could get some bipartisan support on this bill? We'll see. Uh, when we talk about the problems of America and why we're not solving them, mm -hmm. please don't forget that this political system is corrupt as well. Mm. All right. So if you are a member of Congress right. and you are put into power by some super PAC owned by a billionaire, uh -huh. you think the first thing you're going to do is say, I think billionaires should pay their fair share of taxes. I doubt it. Mm. So you got a corrupt political like the way that the interviewer is interviewing him, it just feels like he's is he patronizing him. Like, am I crazy? Mm hmm. Uh huh. It just feels weird. Maybe I'm just being parasocial with Bernie. Who knows? But if super PACs can spend unlimited sums of money, sums of money to beat you, right. is that corrupt? What, what I think your, it is. One of your proposals in here is, is actually to rewrite parts of the Constitution to make changes. But, I, I, you know, the guy at home right now, uh, even the guy not doing well sitting at home, might be saying, yeah, but you're acknowledging that this system we have has created more wealth than any country has ever had in the history. There it is. There it is. No, man. The guy at home right now is not saying that. You're conditioning him to say that. The guy at home is watching and going, honestly, it feels like Bernie is spitting the fucking truth. By the way, this also ties back perfectly to what we were talking about with respect to Noam Chomsky and manufactured consent. This is a self-selecting process. It's a self-eliminating process. You have this motherfucker in this position specifically because he's a dog for the capital owners. He will say the right things. You know, on AI, it is current tax policy in this country that yeah. if companies uh, buy an AI system, it's a capital investment, even if it lays off workers, they get a tax benefit. You're it's right. encouraged by the system. I imagine you would want to change that. But we would. You're saying tax robots. That's right. G That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. What, what do you mean? Bro, I hate this shit so much. They would never be this contentious while interviewing a billionaire advocating for lower uh, taxes. Yeah. I heard the Face the Nation one was really bad. He literally, but one Sanders, really great thing came out of this interview. Out. He literally just straight up says Israel is an apartheid state that's doing war crimes and we need to stop giving it money. Make no mistake. <laughs> I want to talk about one of the things you flesh out in the book. You talk about the alliance you formed with Joe Biden during the campaign to really shape the Democratic platform. Obviously, we were not able to get everything we wanted uh, to get done. In some of the things you...
were able to get done and signed into law. President Biden points to them as achievements, but you diminish them a little bit in this book. You point out Medicare won't be permitted to negotiate lower drug prices until 2026. The cap on out-of-pocket prescription drug costs for seniors doesn't kick in until 2025. $35 cap on insulin prices doesn't help those who aren't on Medicare. He's not diminishing that. He's just saying the work is not done. If you consider that to be diminishing Joe Biden's achievements, then you understand the point, you fucking idiot. It, you dumbass you fucking absolute dumbass monster holy shit i love when people always say this it's a it's the best self-report when you personally account for exactly what the fucking policy is and liptards literally go off the fucking rails going well you're diminishing the results of this this profound achievement it seems it's like well no i'm just telling you what the situation is you are the one who saw the facts and thought that it falls short of what is necessary. Fuck you. He hasn't delivered. No. I mean, look, this is the real world that we live in, is that you need 60 votes often in the Senate, uh, and Democrats had a slim majority in the House. We also have one of the most innovative healthcare systems when it comes to creation of pharmaceutical drugs. You are doing this. No. So when someone hears you lay out the problems with our pharmaceutical industry, as you do in this book, it's say, but the life-saving vaccines, for example, for COVID, they were created by the United States of America. They were created by the pharmaceutical system with by, taxpayer help. Sure. Of course the drug companies produce great drugs. They were created by workers. Shut the fuck up. I hate that. I hate that narrative. It's like, oh, well, these big pharmaceutical corporations created the COVID vaccine. No, they didn't. Workers created that. Your iPhone in your fucking hand, workers made it. Shut the fuck up. How do you lower the cost of prescription drugs in a way that doesn't hurt American Good. innovation? And how do you do it politically when Republicans control the House? You know, here's, I saw a poll that was done just for Republicans. And you know what Republicans regarded as the major priority they were concerned of? High cost of prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Like, is the is she even talking about the book? Is she promoting the book? Or is she just like arguing the sanctity of capitalism towards this like old, like this 800 year old socialist man who wrote another book about you should be angry at capitalism. It's okay. Actually, everyone should be angry all the time sometimes. Meanwhile, she's like, uh, actually, sir, uh, you say you're a socialist, but here you are. Uh, you know, uh, on a uh, on a very capitalism defending broadcast. I mean, quite interesting. The entire fucking line of questioning is just like attacking him and uh, and and everything that he's done or everything that he's accomplished while defending his enemies. And of course, his enemies are fucking corporations. So then she's just a corporate stooge. It's like so obvious. So I think we have the basis for bipartisan work to tell the pharmaceutical industry that they really have got to stop ripping off the American people. A number of ways you could do it. The Inflation Reduction Act started by having Medicare negotiate prices with the pharmaceutical industry. Doesn't kick in for a few years. Yep. I think we should expedite that. Number two, of all people, my good friend Donald Trump, all right, who I disagree with on everything, had the idea that maybe Medicare should not pay prices higher than the average of what countries around the rest of the world are paying. That's a good idea, and we want to pursue that uh, as well. Uh, and there's the concept of reimportation. 
She's about to get real German with it. She's about to get real German with it and be like, uh, you just said, my dear friend Donald Trump, which means you're not being sarcastic. It's not allowed. You, oh, you said it. You, you're also defending the Donald Trump, who everyone knows is the worst, is the worst president in the United States of America history. No jokes, nine. I don't allow it. Uh, I want to ask you about what's politically possible um, in that makeup of Congress right now. Democrats have this narrow 51 seat majority in the Senate. Both the Pennsylvania senators are out of office right now dealing with serious health issues. It's like you're responsible for John Fetterman being out of office. How can we make John Fetterman uh, being in the hospital about Bernie Sanders? Jesus fucking Christ, dude. How can I use anything and everything against Bernie Sanders in this regard? What does this have to do with the book or capitalism? Now she just moved on from that to be like, She's about to be like, deforestation is happening in, uh, in, in Brazil. Why is it your fault? And we have, you know, eight major media conglomerates, corporate media conglomerates that control about, uh, about what 90% of the American people see, hear, and read. Those are really issues that we need to discuss. That's what the book does. Do you worry when you talk about the corporate media that you are targeting journalists when no. you say that? Donald Trump talks about fake news and that's... Yeah, no, it's it's true. No, it's the same. He's just the same as Donald Trump. Let's not ever fucking ask why people also agree with Donald Trump and how Donald Trump is able to weaponize the distrust that people have in mainstream media. There are valid ways to criticize mainstream media and mainstream news. And then there are ways that Donald Trump weaponizes the valid distrust that some people have for nefarious right-wing reactionary purposes. It's awesome. It's great. This kind of narrative basically also just ends up doing nothing, positioning yourself against someone who is otherwise trustworthy, okay? Bernie Sanders is a trustworthy figure. He has consistently been the most popular senator in Congress by the widest of fucking margins. When you turn around and try to like belittle him this way, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, here, here's mainstream media again, doing fake news again, attacking this dude, which we like. We don't like mainstream media, but mainstream media does not have the capability of understanding anything outside of their fucking little eco chambers or echo chambers. I said eco chamber. Fuck, I did it again. Where they think like, oh, well, our wealthy watchers, our professional managerial class watchers, the wealthy people that watch us, our sponsors or corporate benefactors, they don't like this guy. So we don't like this guy. You can say whatever the fuck we want. My experience one-on-one -on -one with media, they work hard. They very rarely am I misquoted. But what I am talking about, Margaret, is that corporate media limits the kind of debate that we have in this country. Mm -hmm. You tell me. You know more about it than I do. How often do we talk about income and wealth inequality? We're talking about right now, Senator. Yeah, but how often? Not everybody is Bernie Sanders on your show. <laughs> how often do you talk about concentration of ownership? How often do you talk about the fact that we are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care at all? And yet we spend twice as much money. How often do you talk about talk about Ohio? Be like Ohio's deregulation and how you know the government lobbied for it. There's only one fucking panel that talked about it, and it was Chris Hayes. Other than that, and he barely even alluded to it. Other than that, like nobody fucking talked about about it. that. If somebody has a baby in Finland, they get it nine months off or ten months off. Paid family meet. I will talk to you about paid leave for families uh, any day of the week. They also have like a 56% tax rate in Finland, though. 
It's a very different system. But Good, but let's yeah. talk about it. What do they okay. get for that? They get free health care, right? Mm -hmm. Free higher education? Yeah, of course. I wonder what, how much she makes. That's the funniest part. Like, ultimately, she probably, she makes an unimaginable amount of money, okay, in comparison to the average worker. Like, 100%. And she's like, oh, 56%, that's a lot. First of all, that is a misunderstanding of how that works. It's probably the top marginal tax rate that she's referencing. And that is... Again, that doesn't mean automatically they take 50% of your entire tax. Like, that's not how this works. So why the fuck is everyone talking about this? I feel like nobody understands how, how tax rates work. Like, no, no one understands it. Or rather, people purposely advance the misinformation deliberately. That's yeah. the kind, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the debate I want, and that's the debate we really don't have on the corporate media. You're right. The essence of the Democratic message in recent years has been, we're pretty bad, but Republicans are worse, so vote for us. Is there anyone inspirational in Democratic politics? Sure. There's some great people who are working night and day to protect working class people. The thesis of that particular chapter is that working class people are responding to the Republicans, yeah. not because they want to cut Social Security and Medicare and give tax breaks to the rich. It's they have heard Democrats say for years that they are the party of the working class. And then people are saying, really? I can't afford health care. I can't afford prescription drugs. I can't afford to send my kid to college. The more he's right, the more they bully him, dude. It's crazy. So who's the next Bernie Sanders? Who is that voice? Well, I'll let you Bernie? discover that. I don't... <laughs> what I will tell you, and we talk about this in the book, what I am extremely proud of is that there are more really strong, is young it? progressives, often people of color. Uh, and, and that is... You know, if you ask me what my, mm -hmm. I'm most proud of is that so many young people, we won the young vote overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. And I think young people are saying, we don't want to tinker around the edges anymore, not on climate change, not on racial issues, not on economic issues. We want transformational change. And if my campaign's played a role in changing that consciousness, I'm very proud of that. Former Ambassador Nikki Haley is running for president, as you know, and she said there should be a mandatory mental competency test for politicians older than 75. You're 81. Do you take offense <laughs> at that? What did she mean? Do I don't agree? understand what you... <laughs> God, he's so sick. God damn it. I, I do agree with that. Bernie would fucking nail that mental competency test. Not sure about Joe Biden. I love him so much. God, I'm such a fucking stan, dude. How can he not love this fucking guy? Who He's just given his entire life to the goddamn cause, dude. Holy fuck. He's such a silly... He's such a silly Billy, too. Oh, I am old. What do you mean? You know, I think that's absurd. You know, there's a level... Absurd. Yeah, it, you know, I don't think it's absurd. You should just be like, yeah, I'll do a mental competency test. I'll show people I'm mentally capable. Racism, we're fighting sexism, we're fighting homophobia. I think we should also be fighting ageism. No, Bernie, no. Oh, God, it's hard. It's hard. He is old. He's very old. Trust people, look at people, and say, you know, this person's competent, this person's not competent. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of 40 year olds out there who ain't particularly competent. <laughs> <laughs> Older people, you know, you look at the individual. I don't think you make a blanket statement. If Bernie was more of a charismatic person, which unfortunately he is not, he's a very kind person. He's a very wonderful person, but he's like not the most charismatic person. He would turn around and be like, Marjorie Taylor Greene is 43 years old. Do you think she's competent? I think not. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. You know, I, I do think that mandatory tests for anyone over the age of fucking 60. I'm on board, baby. Let's do it. You say in the book that Democrats are wrong to suggest that former President Trump supporters are racists, sexists, and homophobes, that they're deplorable. You point out these so-called racists, many of them, voted for Barack Obama, but their lives didn't improve. Do you think that the Democratic Party messaging is just entirely wrong-headed to frame this as a, a broader moral issue? Look, this is like probably his... Uh 
I know what he's trying to say here. I know what he's trying to do here. I think the best messaging in this situation is just, you know, if you're running for president, you got to say it. Ultimately, you know, we are living in a racist country. You can't really say that if you want to run for president. And ultimately, for that reason, like I, as a white person, it's much easier for me to say this, but I'm very understanding of social conditioning. That's why I think I can do a decent job at like, you know, changing the social conditioning that people have underwent that made them who they are. You know what I mean? Hassan, you ain't white, dude. Okay, I don't care, okay? I, I am. You can say you aren't white all day, every day. It doesn't matter. I, I have white skin, and I have a lot of white mannerisms. The outside world, before they fucking find out my name is Hassan, people think I'm white, okay? I have a lot of privilege for that reason. I don't know if you're saying this in a, in a way that you think, like, helps me, helps my background or whatever, but ultimately, that's the truth. You know what I mean? I am. I'm white as fuck. I'm also classified as white by the U.S. Census. But ultimately, you know, might be a bit of a, you know, spicy aioli. But ultimately, I'm still pretty fucking white. Are there, are there supporters yeah. of Trump who are racist, sexist, homophobes? Absolutely. But to paint a broad brush and say, well, that's the reason that they don't vote for the Democrats. That is really wrong. Look, I've been all over this country. I have worked with trade unionists, people on strike, people who had the courage to stand up for economic injustice. Great people. And I talked to the union leaders, oh, 70% of our people are Republican. Why is that? Because I think they have lost faith My that the believe- Democratic Party yeah, is going to stand up and fight for them. And they say, look, Democrats talk, they don't accomplish. Oh, I want to vote for Trump. Maybe I mean, you blame something. Democrats going back to Bill Clinton for signing on to NAFTA. You blame Barack Obama. That's right. you, you're critical of Joe Biden as well here. That's right. All right. In other words, what I have said over and over again, working class people, in my view, are not responding primarily, there are other reasons, to the Republican message because they want to cut Social Security, Medicare, and give tax breaks to billionaires. That's not why working class people are voting for them. I want to ask you about some issues on foreign policy. CIA director Bill Burns uh, recently said that the uptick in violence in Israel and, and Palestinian territories reminds him. Well, this is where he pops off. Oh, come on, Bernie, spit. Of the last intifada, that there could be an explosion of violence. Israel now is the most right-wing government it's had in years. Do you um, think that democracy is imperiled in Israel right now. I do. I am very worried about <laughs> right now. <laughs> Man, democracy in Israel is is a funny concept, you know, for who is the question you got to ask, you know what I mean? It's an apartheid state. That's crazy to be like, "Oh, like democracy in South Africa is in peril." Is a lot of what a lot of people are saying. It's like, "Yeah, no shit. It just like kind of didn't exist." Democracy for who? And what may happen to the Palestinian people? And let me tell you something. I mean, I haven't said this publicly, but I think the United States gives billions of dollars. I'm here in hostile rock. All right, give and me I the think Jews. You've got to put some strings attached to that. You cannot turn your back on the two-state solution. You cannot demean the Palestinian people there. You just can't do it. And then come to America and ask for money. Has the administration? Have you talked to the administration no. about it? They've been very careful right. in criticism of the Netanyahu government. Well, I I, I am not careful about it. Uh, I'm embarrassed that that in Israel you have a government of that nature right now. And are you going to introduce something? We may well, yes. To try to attach strings, strings look, to USA. You cannot Asia. give, if you have a, you know, whether it's Saudi Arabia or other authoritarian societies, if a government is acting in a racist way and they want billions of dollars from the taxpayers of the United States, I think say something. The most anti-Semitic thing you can say is compare 
Israel to Saudi Arabia. In the eyes of the media, they're like, whoa, Saudi Arabia is bad. They're our allies. We'll always defend them. But we know they're bad because they're Muslim. You know, fucking calm down. Okay, calm down. How dare you? How dare you, sir? You just made a comparison that I find to be very, very unacceptable. Asada Arabia, yep. You are, when you talk about American workers, you're proposing a new cabinet-level agency to focus on the future of work and yep. workers. You talk about taxing robots who might replace humans. Isn't the Labor Department supposed to be doing these things? Well, theoretically, but I don't think we're doing enough. Look, this is a huge issue. <clears throat> there is a revolution taking place now with artificial intelligence and robotics, okay? Mm -hmm. Millions of workers are going to lose their jobs. Who's making those decisions, Mara? You hear it debated in Congress? I don't. This part is so important. A lot of people don't understand what he's saying here, but he's talking about like basically the government offering like a patch, right? It's not the best provision, but it's the best one he can advocate for. But what the, the theory behind what he's saying is what's significant here. Workers are not making this decision to cut the labor force and, and put in, implement artificial intelligence in their, in their stead, right? That is the true problem. That is, at the, that, that is the real issue here. The real issue is that like, it's not like workers are the ones who are making this decision. If the workers were the ones who were making the decision, they would probably make the decision to cut work hours, right? Still maintain the same pay or maybe even a larger percentage of the fucking profits that the artificial intelligence would be creating. But because it's the capital owners themselves who make this decision, they do it at the behest of what they call efficiency. What that means is cutting the workforce down as best as they can, giving the remaining workers more of a workload while maintaining the productivity at a similar level because the AI is there to improve productivity. It's not there to improve the workers' conditions. That is the problem with AI and automation. Not necessarily that like it exists. It's a good thing. This is something I talk about a lot. Like the wheel was not invented to make someone money. The wheel was invented and it was truly a good thing, right? It moved humanity forward. It, it, and artificial intelligence is similar. Unfortunately, though, it's created under the conditions of capitalism. And therefore, just like every other type of innovation, it works to make workers more productive. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing for the workers, ultimately. As a matter of fact, in many instances, it's a bad thing for the workers because they just do more output. They do more and they get paid the same. That's why productivity has skyrocketed with the cell phones. People are on 24-7 at their jobs. And yet, for some reason, wages have remained stagnant in comparison to the productivity. But I have to ask you, you're going on tour to promote this book, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. You're here talking about it. I understand we're not the bad guys you're, you're describing in the book when it comes to the media, but tickets for your tour apparently are selling for $95 oh. on Ticketmaster, which is... Oh, let's go! Woo! Woo! Let's go! You say you're a socialist, and yet here you are. Yet here you fucking are, you old bitch. Why are you a whole-ass socialist right in front of me Wearing clothes. Why are you not wearing an old-timey, hollowed-out barrel with two leather straps on the fucking shoulders and running around going, I'm so poor, please, sir, can I have some fucking more? Let's see what he says. Accused of anti-competitive behavior. You know that. Some of your Democrats are criticizing them. 
Aren't you benefiting yourself no, from this I, system that you're all, trying to dismantle? First of all, those decisions are made totally by the publisher and the bookseller. I think there's one case where in one place here in Washington, po uh, politics and pros and independent bookstore charging some tickets. Most of them, I think, are $40, $50, and you get a book as well. So if you want to come, you're going to have to pay 40 bucks. I'll throw in the book for free. And we're doing a number of free uh, events, but I don't make a nickel out of these things at all. But you're okay doing business with Ticketmaster? No, not particularly, but that's, again, I nothing to do with that. That is... You but again, he, but like, it's out of his power. It's so stupid. You design a system that is inherently exploitative, and motherfuckers are trying to use the tools that the system offers them, okay? And you still go, ah, oh, fuck you, dude. You're fucking hypocritical it's like what are you supposed to do like you can't make this argument and then literally say it's a corporate monopoly because this is a self-defeating argument you just immediately defeated your argument you said that and then you called it a monopoly so you understand it and the same goes for twitch the same goes for amazon you can say hassan this is a self-serving argument it is self-serving because i do try to be as ethical as i possibly can and also simultaneously educate you on how shit works anyway you wrote a book probably be the same process mm -hmm. so you have to operate within the system i do is what you're... i write a book a major publisher etc etc senator sanders thank you very much she didn't at least she didn't follow through because like she didn't have enough time but she would have probably followed through on the whole thing by being like well we're now joined did by you Vermont have senator. to go with that publisher didn't could you not go with a different publisher you know what i mean which is usually what uh the second follow-up is